So I'm going to read the, the passage for today. Bear with me. So Jonah chapter 4. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That, that is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? Jonah, Jonah had gone out and sat down at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. But at dawn, the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the plant so that it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, It would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, It is right for you to be angry about the plant? It is, he said. And I'm so angry, I wish I were dead. But the Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant, though you did not tend it, tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals? Shall we pray? Dear God and Jesus, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your safe place, this church, where we can meet to worship you. Thank you for your amazing love for us. We want to pray now for blessing over each one of us. Pray that your word will touch each one of us for the message from today's reading to be heard by the people that need this reminder today. And I also pray now for Math. Please bless him with wisdom and peace while he tells us your message. Amen. Because my, my father was a pastor, we moved around <coughs> quite a bit, and um, because I went to Bible college and I had placements and working through few churches, so I've been a part of probably in my life now between six to eight churches over a period of time. And I was once on the, the leadership team of a church, and there was about 10 of us on this leadership team. Uh, and there was just one guy on there who we just clashed on everything. You, you think something is black, he's white, chalk, she's like everything. We just saw it from a totally dis different perspective. Like he loved the Lord, he had the Holy Spirit, uh, and I did, but we just kind of clashed, and everything was just kind of conflict. It was always like hard work. And uh, to use a Welsh phrase, like he did my head in, like, <laughs> like literally every time. And, uh, and it got so much that I kind of stopped seeing the good in him. Like, I questioned his character, his motive, um, just kind of the things he did. Like, everything, I just started seeing him in a different light. 
And I can remember coming home one time from uh, like a leaders meeting and uh, Becky, I think, said those dreaded words, like, how did it go? <laughs> and I can genuinely remember saying to Becky, like, I think, I genuinely think I hate this guy. Like, I think I hate him. Like, I feel like it's got so much so that I, I, I feel like hatred for this guy. And, um, and I just want to ask you, is there anyone in your life right now where you just feel hatred for someone? Like there's, like you think them and you just, that's the word you describe that you would hate them. That if you saw them succeed or achieve something, like it would feel, it would make you feel upset. Or maybe the opposite, if you saw something bad happen to them, actually it would make you feel a little bit better. Or like, is there anyone, uh, another question, is there anyone that you hate but actually God may still love. Because when I said that to Becky, she was like, okay, I get that, I understand that, but like, that's not good. Like, you can't stay there. Like, you can't live there. Like, we've got to do something about that. And last week we heard um, how God gave Jonah a five-word sermon and then how a supernatural revival changed uh, this city and how the king and all the people uh, turned away and the 120,000 figures is what we read today. They turned from their, their evil ways, like they, they recognized they were evil, that they were sinful against God. They repented, they asked God for his mercy uh, and how God showed that mercy and it was an amazing revival and instead of bringing judgment in the end, God brought a second chance and brought revival. And that was the end of, uh, of chapter three. Like chapter three ends with this, that Stu spoke on last week. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. That would be an, that would be an awesome ending to the, to the book of Jonah, wouldn't it? Like just end there, like that would be brilliant. Three chapters, even shorter, like what a great, ending and yet there's this this other chapter which is it just makes it a weird ending like this is not a disney story or fairy tale there's, there's another chapter just which makes the story end in a bit of a more uh, weird way because kathy just read uh from chapter four and if you have your bibles feel free to to, to flick on on them uh but here's the verses but Chapter 3 ends brilliantly, but then, and then chapter 4, so God had relented from them from bringing destruction. From, he, they, from, they saw them turn away from their evil ways, and he showed them mercy. And then chapter 4 says, but, Jonah, but to Jonah, this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. Like God showed this city, this people, like amazing revival, like mercy, but... But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong, and he became angry. And verse 2 says, And he prayed to the Lord, like, isn't this what I said, Lord? Like, isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is, that's why I tried to foretell, uh, forestall, for for, sorry, by fleeing to Tarshish. That's why I ran away. Like, isn't, I told you this, Lord. This is exactly why I ran away. And if we go back to the beginning, which we started a few weeks ago, the, the, the book of Jonah starts with these verses. In Jonah chapter 1, verse 1, 
the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. He said, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its, its wickedness has come up before me. But verse 3 said, but Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish, where he found a ship and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. And back to Jonah 4, says, Lord, I knew this is exactly why I ran away from you. Like I told you, this is why I ran away. And for us, when you read the start of Jonah, the crazy, the, the cra crazy start, it says, preach against Nineveh. Like I see their wickedness. Like preach against them, tell them a, a message of judgment. Like for, it says about 40 days from now, Nineveh will be destroyed. I don't know about you, but me reading that, I'm like, that's bad news. Like, that is not good news. Anyone seeing that is like, Nineveh is gone as, this is not good news. This is all negative. That's destruction. Like, we don't see a good ending, do we? And yet Jonah, he didn't see destruction. Like, he saw an opportunity. When Jonah heard this from the Lord, he didn't see, he didn't think destruction. Like, he thought an opportunity. Like, when we get to, jo when we get to Jonah 3 and we hear a revival, we're all thinking, really, amazing. Like, that is incredible. God showed mercy and the city has turned around. But can I suggest, there's only one person who wasn't surprised that a revival happened in Nineveh, and that was Jonah. Like, he was the one guy who wasn't surprised that, that, there was a, that a revival happened because, um, because verse 2 continues on this, and he says, I knew, God, like, he's like, God, I this is why I ran away from you, because verse 2, I knew that you were a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Like, if that was in the Psalms, that would be an amazing verse, wouldn't we? <laughs> like, we'd be using that, like, that's a great, like, verse, or oh, that's one of those verses you put up on your fridge or on your phone, like that's a great verse, isn't it? And let's, let's just say amen. Are we grateful that God is gracious and compassionate? Amen. amen, yeah? Are we grateful that God is slow to anger and abounding in love? Yeah. Amen. Are we, are we grateful that God relents from sending calamity? Amen. amen. And we say amen to that, don't we? Yet Jonah is angry that God is a God like this. Like, he's fuming. Jonah is angry that God is a God like this. So much so that verse 3, he says, Now, Lord, take my life. He's like, Lord, take my life. It is far better for me than to die than to live. Like, God, take my life. I want it to be over. Like, I want to die. Like, that's, that's deep hatred, isn't it? That is a deep level of hatred. Rather than see his enemies repent or turn back, he wanted to die. He just didn't want to see that happen. He wanted to die. Such was the pain or heartache. He would rather die than see God love them. Now, I'll come back to this verse in a bit. But, but on Monday, actually, we almost the opposite of this. On Monday, we had a Nigerian pastor here who talked about the persecuted church in Nigeria. 
And uh, we thought people coming here, we, I thought it was all going to be about stats, about bad news, about the numbers. And yet this man who had gone to villages that had been burnt, that people had been raped, that children had been killed, this man had such a love for his enemies that he, he even said these words. He said his concern wasn't for the Christians who had been killed because he knows like, they, they are sleeping with the Lord. His concern is for the ones who will not be, be sleeping with the Lord. That's unbelievable, isn't it? Like to say those words on those people, on that. But he, he could say that because he lives that. But Jonah is the opposite. He's like, take my life. I'd rather die. But look what, and then the, the Lord steps in in verse 4. He says, but the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? Like that's his question. He said, is it right for you to be angry? And I'd like to pray now, if, if anyone wants to, if you don't, then we'll move on. But I'd like to pray for people right now, like if you've got an anger issue, like if there's anger uh, in, your, in your life. Like when I was preparing this, um, I felt God wanted to ask, ask someone or ask us the question, like, is it right for you to be angry? Like, is it right for you to be angry? And it stuck out to me because I'm in a, a, a stage with the boys. <laughs> Do you know what I like, can I like? They just, kids, you love them and they show you more love, but also they kind of show you more disrespect <laughs> than anyone else does. Do you know what I mean? So, like, kind of, I'm aware now in my heart I've, I've got to be careful because I, I feel like anger rising up with me. And so I, I, personally, I would stand for this myself. But if you want us to pray for you, if you've got an anger issue, I'd like you, I'll explain now, but I'd like you to stand in a moment and we're going to pray for you. Um, because Psalm 103 verse 8 says, The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to anger and full of unfailing love. Or slow to anger and quick to love. But... I felt like the Lord say, but for some of us here, and maybe including myself, but for some of us here, it's almost the opposite. Like you're quick to anger and slow to love. It's like the opposite. Rather than being slow to anger and quick to love, you're quick to anger and slow to love. And it's almost like anger has become your default reaction. Like anger is just kind of like it's a default. Like that's where you go. Like that's the, where the path, the reaction is. Like anger is the first part, and um, and and the Lord asks, like, is it right for you to be angry? Like that's what He's asking. Is it right for you? Almost so much so that like, you can't even remember what you got angry for in the first place. But like, anger has become like a default reaction. And so if that's you, I'm going to ask you to stand in a moment, and we're going to pray for you. And when I ask you to stand, like, we're not trying to, like, like kind of embarrass you or trying to say, oh, yeah, the ten people stood. Like, we're not doing that. But every time Jesus offered prayer, like, he always asked for a reaction, like us, we did. He always said, like, oh, you want to be healed? Okay, pick up your mat. Like, he always asked for for reaction. Oh, oh yeah, you want to see? Okay, go down to the the well and dip your hands in the well 
he always asked for a reaction. Like, no one just said to him, all right, then, thanks, like, I'll go home and pray about that. Like, he didn't. He always asked for reaction. So if, you've, if you'd like me to pray for you right now, and I'm standing as well, so I'm praying for myself. But if you'd like me to pray for you, if anger is an issue for you right now, then I would like to pray for you. And if you stand, then everyone else is going to pray for you. Amen? And we pray for you that God will touch you right now and take away the anger, like the Holy Spirit will touch you and recognize it. So if anyone's got a problem, if we haven't, we'll move on. But if anyone's got a, a, an issue, then please stand now and I'll pray for you. Father God, we thank you that you love us. Lord, that you are slow to anger and quick to love us. Lord, you would be justified to be quick to anger on us and slow to love. Lord, I just pray for my brothers and sisters standing right now. Holy Spirit, fall on them now. Holy Spirit, fall on their hearts, Lord on their minds we ask you Holy Spirit almost like you put in your hand into their heart and taking out the mud of anger Lord in their hearts take it out of their hearts Lord Holy Spirit Father God, as you breathe into Adam and give life, we pray you breathe into our brothers and sisters standing now. Lord, that you will breathe anger out of their lives. Lord Jesus, we pray for a supernatural work. Lord, that anger will be gone. That anger will no longer be the default, Lord. We pray, for, Lord Jesus, for just an increase of overwhelming love now in their hearts, in their minds in their souls. Holy Spirit, we ask for an increase of love so that almost there's too much love so anger cannot live there. Anger cannot sit there. Anger cannot dwell there. You see them, Lord. You ask, Lord, for a reaction and then you perform a miracle. So, Lord, they're standing asking you to touch them. And so we pray, Lord, Lord, like you've made the blind see, the lame walk, the deaf hear. We pray you take anger and swap it for love for these brothers and sisters now. In Jesus' name. Amen, Lord. Amen. 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 Verse, verse 5 continues and said, Jonah had then gone out so the Lord asked him why are you angry and he's like Jonah had gone out 
and sat down at a, at a place east of the city. And then he says, there he made himself a shelter and sat in its shade and waited to see what would happen to the city. You can almost imagine like kind of maybe praise or joyful noise in Nineveh and uproar and like kind of Jonah passing people and like, thanks Jonah, thanks for coming. And he's like, oh yeah, whatever, like kind of like trying to avoid the people. And one commentator wrote, Jonah waited to see what would become of the city. So he walked away, but he waited to see what would become of the city. Maybe Jonah seemed to hope that repentance of Nineveh was not enough to hold back God's judgment, and so he hoped that the city would be destroyed after all. So he went out of the city for safety, (laughs) just to still see if God might change his mind. But then even in there, another miracle happens. Look at verse 6, another miracle. Then the Lord God provided a leafy plant and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant. Like, I'm no gardener, and I know my weeds grow pretty quick, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it, may, it takes longer than a few hours for a plant to grow so much so, so big, and then for leaves to produce shade for a human being to be under like this this is another miracle like we talk about the will like the will swallowed Jonah in God's grace like he protected him like God the will came because of his mercy and his grace this is another miracle of a leaf of a plant coming to show grace and mercy to Jonah then verse 7 says but at the dawn the next day God provided a worm which chewed the plant so that it withered And when the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. And again, he wanted to die and said, it would be better for me to die than to live. The ancient word for the the word angry is literally to be hot, like to be hot or to become hot. And now God would let Jonah feel some some of the heat from his head, from his hard heart, or his hatred, or his stupidity, basically, like God was letting him feel the heat, feel almost like what it is to be angry. But verse nine said, "But God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the plant?" It is, he said, and I'm so angry, I wish I were dead. But the Lord said, "You've been you've been so concerned about this plant." Though that you did not tend it or make it grow, it sprung up overnight and died overnight. And should I not have concern for the great city of Nineveh, in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and also many animals? And then the story stops. Like, the book of Jonah is closed like that is the end and God used the plant and the worm to teach Jonah a lesson but the the book ends with a question mark doesn't it like a book ends with a question mark that we never know the answer to like the conversation starts stops the story ends and sadly Jonah is proof that you can be called by God you can even run away from God and God will pursue, pursue you and bring you back. And then you can even be used 
powerfully by God, but you can end badly. You can do all those things, but you can end badly, and there can be question marks over your life. You can end with a hard heart or an angry person. I felt an encouragement to say to maybe retired or older folk here who've been walking with Jesus for a long time, and you've been through many generations of church, changing from generation to generation. I just want to honour that for you, to, for, the, for you holding on and seeing that through. But I just want to encourage you, like, look to end well. Like, look to end well. Like, let the story of your life end well. Like, let, don't stop becoming like Jesus. Don't stop saying, Holy Spirit, I still want you to change me from glory to glory. Holy Spirit, still give me a soft heart. Holy Spirit, don't let anger or resentment or disappointment or change change me. Don't let there be a question mark over your life. Look to end well. And finally, the book of Jonah shows us that even if we hate our enemies, or even if we have enemies, like God loves our enemies. Like, God loves our enemies. So much so that Jesus said, didn't he? Like, love your enemies. And like, do you have an enemy or someone you hate right now? And loving your enemies, sometimes it's someone you don't really know or sometimes someone's really hurt you badly. But also loving your enemies could be in your house. Like, it could be in your in your bricks and mortar, in your own family. And, you're le- and if you told me your story, like I, I probably agree that your level of hatred may be justified by, your, by cruelty. There might be something that happened to you or something. And like if we were all in the room, we'd say, yeah, like that person deserves this. And I'm not saying judgment doesn't need to come or, or justice doesn't need to come. I'm not saying that. But we'd probably say, yeah, like that is horrible, that's horrific, like that is unjust. However, we can forget that actually we were once enemies of God. And without Jesus, we cannot be friends with God, we cannot be children of God. We're going to end with this video. Um, there's a woman on this video called Corey Ten Boom. She was. In her family were, were Dutch Christians, um, and during the Nazis, they hid Jews in their house as many as they could to to save them and protect them. But then they got caught, and her and her, and her family then also got sent to a prison camp, where obviously horrific things happened. But then she survived, and then she went on then to tell stories to churches. And different people give her testimony um, and, and, and travel the world to give her story. But then something happened one day where someone in the audience turned up and she wasn't expecting. And so watch this, watch this story before, we, before I come back up and end. Source of our strength is Jesus Christ himself. And his cross shows us that 
we can accept suffering as a part of God's plan for this world. When I was in a concentration camp, one of the most terrible things I had to go through was that they stripped us of all our clothing and we had to stand. The first time was the worst. I said, Betsy, I cannot bear this. And suddenly it was as if I saw Jesus at the cross. And the Bible tells, they took his garments, he hanged there naked. And I knew he hanged there for me, for my sins. And by my suffering, I understood a fraction of the suffering of Jesus Christ. And it made me so thankful that I could bear my suffering. Love, so amazing, so divine, demands my life, my soul, my all. Some people are afraid to look at the cross. Are you? Don't be afraid. The cross is terrible. It is terrible how Jesus suffered. Not to describe. But you must not be afraid to look at it. For if you had been the only person in the world, Jesus should have suffered for your sins. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my sins rolled away, it was there by faith I received my sight, and now I have guidance every day. It was some time ago that I was in Berlin, and there came a man to me and said, Ah, Mr. Bohm, I am glad to see you. Don't you know me? Suddenly I saw that man that was one of the most cruel officers, guards, in the concentra in concentration camp. And that man said, I have, I'm now a Christian, I have found the Lord Jesus, I read my Bible and I know that there is forgiveness for all the sins of the whole world, also for my sins. I have forgiveness for the cruelties I have done, but then I have asked God grace for an opportunity that I could ask one of my very victims forgiveness. And Fräulein Tambom wants him here forgiven. Will you forgive me? And I could not. I remembered the suffering of my dying sister through him. But when I saw when I experienced that I could not forgive, suddenly I knew I myself have no forgiveness. Do you know that Jesus has said that? When you do not forgive those who have sinned against you, my heavenly Father will not forgive you your sins. And I, I knew, oh, I'm not ready for Jesus coming because I have no forgiveness for my sins. But I was not able, I could not, I could only hate him. And then, 
I took one of these beautiful texts, one of these boundless resources, Romans 5, 5. The love of God is shed abroad into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. And I said, thank you, Jesus, that you have brought into my heart God's love through the Holy Spirit who is given to me. And thank you, Father, that your love is stronger than my hatred and unforgiveness. That same moment I was free. And I could say, brother, give me your hand. And I shook hands with him. And it was as if I felt God's love stream through my arms. You never touch so the ocean of God's love as that you forgive your enemies. Can you forgive? No. I can't either. But he can. That's a really powerful story, isn't it? And, uh, and I just want to share that just to say if any of you are really struggling to forgive someone or if there's hatred in your life for someone or an enemy, and like we'd all say when we, Corey is justified to feel that hatred, yeah? And have that hatred and have that as an enemy. And yet, it just showed, it just showed there like, the love of God still for that soldier because God wouldn't give Corey love for him unless God loved that soldier. And like just the level of God's love, we've been enjoying God's love this morning, haven't we? And yet that's for our enemies as well. And so I just wanted to share that. Like if you're really struggling, if, you, if you've got hatred for someone, I say, like, I can't get this out. I can't forgive them. Like I can't move past this. And I, like I said, we would all, if we heard your story, I'm sure we would be just, you would be justified, We'd, we would agree with that. But the Lord doesn't want you to live out your, your days like that. He wants you to be free from that, from that hatred. Even if you never forget it, but like free from that hatred. And so um, we're going to have two songs now to finish, but there's just some time... Um, if you'd like to, to come to the front, again, it's not to kind of show you come to the front, it's just, it'll show us, me, myself and the elders or any group leaders here, then we'd just love to pray for you and just to, ha and just to pray for you with that. Because you need a supernatural touch, don't you? Only the Lord can do that in us. Like, only the Lord could cause Corey Temboom to do that. And so we just want, we just want to serve you and just pray for you uh, with that. The band are going to come up now, and we're going to have two songs of just, again, celebrating God's love for us. But if anyone would like prayer um, before, the, before the finish is up and before the kids come, then, then come. But if you're able to stand now, let's just, let's just do that together. And yeah, Father, we, we thank you for your incredible love. Lord, that is, this verse says, once... We were alienated from God and we were enemies in our own minds because of our evil behaviour. But now he has reconciled us by Christ's physical body through death to present us holy in his sight without blemish 
and free from accusation. We're so grateful for that verse, Lord. We're so grateful that we can, we can put ourselves in the shoes of that verse. But also, Lord, we recognize, Lord, that we were enemies to you, that our sins separated us from you, and now we can be children of God, now we can be friends of God. But Lord, help us love our enemies. And Lord, if there's people who need extra help, Lord, help us serve and pray for one another to be free from, from hatred, to be free from anger, to be free from unforgiveness as you free us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're able to stand and sing, feel free. And if you want to come and pray, we'll come pray for you.